Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Welcome back to The Edge Podcast, giving you the edge to win in business and in life. Here's your host, Brandon White. Hey, Matt, what's happening in Hawaii? Just living the dream. Good weather today. It's been rainy, but good weather today. It's been raining a lot. 82, 83. Nice breeze. Is it the rainy season? I didn't think it was the rainy season now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's actually picked up. Uh, you can tell some of the mountains are are a little greener than they were in the summer. Uh, but yeah, it, the dry season is not very long. But on because uh, we're on the windward side, so the windward side gets more more breeze, but it, it gets rain quite a bit versus the other side of the island. So the uh, the leeward way side of the island, I guess, is what it's called. That gets a little bit more drought type weather in the in the summers. Well, it it could be worse. Today we're talking about annual testing requirements for your 401k. Good topic, so that you understand what has to happen each year for your 401k. So lay yeah. us lay it on us. Yeah, it, it, compliance is the fun part of the 401k. You know, you get all the tax benefits and the contributions, and you get to invest in um, some good investments uh, if you have the t- right type of plan. But the annual testing requirements, especially if you have a group plan, gets a little um, gets a little hazy, gets a little complicated. So, you know, we've talked about safe harbor 401ks, we've talked about traditional 401ks, and and this really comes into play when we talk about the traditional or just the regular 401k, um, just basically 401k, right? And uh, what this does is it, 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 it requires the plan sponsor, the trustee, so the owner of the company more often than not, to, do, to um, either hire it out or do these annual testing requirements. And there's a lot of back-end testing going on, but I want to kind of just focus on the main ones, the ones get, that get the most attention because maybe you get a check back uh, at the end of the year as, a, as the employer. And it revolves around um, HCEs, which are highly compensated employees. And uh, the definition of a highly compensated employee is either for 2022, $135,000 uh, per year is a highly compensated employee. The ownership, um, if you own more than 5% of the of the company, regardless of how much you make. And then certain family members like a spouse, um, children, those are all considered highly compensated employees. And what that they're, they're looked at and tested as if they are ownership of the company and these foreign K plans, specifically the traditional, uh, foreign K, it has to be designed with fairness as the goal to the employees. Fairness is the number one goal for the IRS and Department of Labor and all this. Is it fair? Is it a is it a robust plan to where everyone is able to participate and get the benefit of it? So there's three main tests that we really focus on and really the non non-discrimination testing which is the ACP and ADP tests. So annual deferral and annual contribution. The the deferral test is from the employee side of it. So how much are they deferring out of their own, uh, out of their own um, paychecks? And the other side is from the employer standpoint. And then the third one I want to talk about is the top heavy testing, which is a little bit different. It's kind of actually focused on different uh, folks inside of the organization. And when it comes to the traditional, so once a year, 
the plan is tested, right? After the end of the count, after the end of the plan year, which is usually the calendar year is when we start looking at this. And the let's start with the ADP ACP um, testing. So basically, what they're going to do is they're going to average out all of the non highly compensated employees. What what are they contributing, right? As a percentage of their um, of their salary. So uh, basically, kind of in short, if they have less than a certain percentage, the ownership can only put in a certain percentage above that. They are not allowed to max out. And it, it, there's, there is a, a scale here. So basically, if, it's, um, if the average of the non-highly compensated employees, so everyone else besides the $135,000, everybody else, including all the 0% people who do not, even though they're eligible, they decide not to put money in, if it's between zero and two percent, ownership's only allowed to put in twice that. So, for example, if everybody's average is one percent of their salaries, the owners and the highly compensated are only allowed to put in two percent. And two percent of whatever they're paying themselves, you know, if they're an S corp, they're not trying to, you know, cut, take over the world with their salaries. They're trying to save money on taxes. They're minimizing their their salary. So. Two um, percent is nothing. So if it's between two to eight percent, then they can only put in two percent more, which is usually where we see the businesses falling in place. The average is somewhere between two to eight percent, and so they're only allowed to put in two percent over the average. So let's say if it's three on average, then the employer and the highly compensated are only allowed to put in five uh, percent. That's it. Um, that's all they're allowed to put in, which does not usually fill the goals of what the business owner is trying to do um, by any stretch of the imagination. And then above and beyond that, um, they're allowed to put in one and a quarter percent or one and a half percent, excuse me, above what everyone else is doing. So, which is usually not not really what we're looking for. So plan design on these traditionals, traditional foreign case are, is super important. You know, you have the safe harbor where you're basically choosing a pre- uh, pre-approved matching investing schedule. But when you're doing the traditional 401k, plan design is super important. So we want to draw out the match. So we do a number of these all the time. If, if you're just getting started, this is your first 401k, you don't want to over-promise to your employees because if for some reason you have to drop it back down, the employees are not going to look at you in a in, in a in a good light by any stretch of imagination. So we want to draw it out. So for example, let's say you want to do um, 25% um, up to six. So the employee puts in 6% of their own money and you're hoping that they put the 6% in so you can put in eight over that average, but your match is only going to be one and a half, which is basically 25% of the six. So that kind of allows you to focus on a lower budget for your 401k, but then you also get to hopefully contribute more just because that average um, is a little bit higher. So those are the the non-discrimination tests that we that you hear that a check would come back, and I'll go over how you correct these things too. The third test is the top-heavy test, um, and it, it's called top-heavy test. And basically, this this looks at it. It's not looking at the highly compensated employees. It's looking at the key employees. And by definition, a key employee is two hundred thousand officers that make two hundred thousand dollars or more is considered a, a key employee. Um, and then the ownership situation, the 5% or more owner, regardless of how much they pay, or if an employee owns 1%, but they get paid more than $150,000. And this is for 2022, obviously. But 
if you fall in that that ballpark or you're an owner or you're a spouse or kids, they're not allowed to have more than 60% of the total assets of the plan either. So if they go over that 60%, then then we have to talk about refund checks. And, and a few ways to, to fix all of these tests are the refund checks that you often hear about. You know, people complain, oh, I got my check back. So these highly compensated employees get a check back. They couldn't even max out because there is no safe harbor uh, involved. And then the other thing you could do is is a um, uh, a non-elective deferral, which sometimes we do this, but basically the employer throws a bunch of money at the non, uh, non-HCEs um, and, and as a contribution instead of a match, regardless if they're putting money into it, it offsets it a little bit. Um, but it doesn't, it's usually it's a combination of the two if, if you're trying to fix those things. It sounds like it is better with, well, from our experience, doing a standard plan just has a lot of, I wouldn't say problems, but challenges. It checks the box that you have a 401k, but on the backside, you do this for, so for listeners out there, at least from one business owner's perspective here, who's been dealing with 401ks, certainly good get started with something like this, understand what you just described, Matt, you have to go through mm-hmm. on these annual tests. And then what seems simple could result in all these refund type checks. And now you've got, now you've got people unhappy with the thing that you put into place to try to help people with. So I'm only saying yeah. this, Matt, at, to say, if you want to do the standard, like you said, I think it's a good idea. I think you should do it, get started. But as you get some feet under you, uh, you should really start to customize that plan. And for listeners, Matt can do that for you in understanding what your business looks like and your goals. And importantly, there's no one size fits all. Although when we first got into it with our businesses, one business that we started with, it seemed like there was a one size fits all. And the truth of the matter isn't every, Mm -hmm. you need to know how many owners you have, how many highly compensated people you have, how many employees aren't participating, and then design your program around that to help you as the business owner ultimately save more money and help your employees save more money because they could wind up with getting checks back. So that was a a little bit of a ramp, but advice from on the ground doing this and trying a bunch of things. And Matt and I were just talking before the before we hit record today is we're transferring from an old plan, quote unquote, standard plan into a new plan. And we're not going to go into that today, but that has its own, its own complications. Steps. What should, <laughs> should, should be simple. But uh, nonetheless, Matt, is there anything else on the annual testing requirements for the 401k? No, there's, you know, when you get into profit sharing and things like that, there's some other things that we look into, but um, starting at the ground level, these three are the top tests that you have to worry about. And it really comes down to what does your employee pool look like? um, And and what is your goals? And if you're you're doing a a standard or traditional 401k, just don't expect to max out. It's just not going to happen. So your goals are absolutely um, number one in this. And and just realize that this is purely for recruiting and retention purposes. Um, And and you you can get what you get uh, in in terms of how much you can save for your own, into your own bucket as the owner. So um, it's a good place to start. 
but it's just a stepping point, stepping stone to get to the next step. Well, there you go. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the link in the show notes or description. Matt can help you customize your 401k and is importantly, just get started. So check out that link in the show notes. Matt, thanks a lot for sharing the information on the annual testing requirements for your 401k plan. Yep. Thanks, Brandon. Talk soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you.